0: Hey guys, thank you again for joining us for Cornerstone Church Online. Uh, We're continuing today with our series called Lenses Living in Light of Resurrection. Um, In part one of the series we looked at the resurrected Jesus handing the Bible, his story of salvation, to his disciples and he says, guys and gals, read this in light of who I am. My life, my kingdom ministry, my death, and my resurrection that all of the Bible points to and finds its fulfillment in me. And he wanted them to be confident, competent, and have clarity on the message of the good news of which he is King and Savior and Lord. And then last week in part two, we we saw the reason he wanted them to have confidence and clarity on the message is that they would become its messengers. That Jesus was gonna pour out the Holy Spirit, he and the Father, upon his disciples with all of their weaknesses, with all of their, their brokenness and idiosyncrasies and, 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 and uh, weirdness, that the Holy Spirit would clothe them and empower them to be those messengers. And we, we really the punchline last week in part two was that Jesus takes our weaknesses and he turns them into windows that display his glory. That through our humble witness and our surrender to the will of the Father, That God shows his glory, his goodness, and releases his grace through us as his humble witnesses. With all of our weaknesses, it's unbelievable that he would even include us in that epic story. Well, this week in part three of Lenses, Living in Light of Resurrection, I want to finish the the story in Luke chapter 24. Um, I want to pick it up in verse 47, and we'll just dive right in. It says this, with verse, verse 46, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that the repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in, the, in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father has promised. So stay here in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them, and he was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And you see that these witnesses, the message we preach and teach, embody, and express is the message of the gospel. That God sent His Son into the world because He loved the world. That His Son became the Lamb of God who took away the sins of all of humanity by absorbing it, by becoming it for us, uh, hanging in our place, dying the death that we deserved. That He condemned sin in sinful humanity, Romans 8 tells us. That he, the righteous, 1 Peter 3, 18, died for the unrighteous to bring us back to the Father. This is the gospel. And he didn't just die, but the Father raised him up by the power of the Holy Spirit, triumphing over sin, hell, death, and the grave. And that now, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we can go out as confident, competent, and courageous witnesses and say, through Jesus you can be forgiven of all of your sins. You can come home to God by repenting. And that's this, this word that means stop whatever path you're on. Respond to the love and grace of Jesus. Renounce a life of autonomy and self-rule. Rethink and reorient your life around who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he's going to do. And then rely moment by moment on the Holy Spirit. Those four things are all involved in repentance, that we learn to continue to respond to the leadership and the love of Jesus Christ, saying no to ruling our own little kingdoms, and saying yes to his lordship for all of life. And Jesus says, as you go out and proclaim that, as you go out and live that, I'm going to release forgiveness, and salvation power, Romans 1 16, for all of those who believe in your message. And today, in part three, I want to just say that one of the primary ways that witnesses embody and express the message of the gospel is through the breaking of bread. I know, super revolutionary, but I want to be as simple and straight to the point as possible because I can't wait for, for these, when it's healthy, and when government officials and when health officials say so, I can't wait till our ho- homes can be open again, because I'm so anticipating on the other side of this coronavirus pandemic, and the lockdown quarantine orders, that God is going to give confidence and courage to you, as his witnesses, to engage your, your family, your colleagues, your neighborhood, your networks, with the love and grace of Jesus around tables and the breaking and sharing of bread. And here's why. That that last picture I want us to zero in on in Luke 24. The Bible says that Jesus ascended. He was going back to the the Father and he blesses his disciples. And I, I just want to draw your attention very, very quickly. Where else do we see Jesus blessing something for his kingdom purposes, you don't have to look very far. Uh, the the first and obvious one was uh, he fed mu- multitudes on a couple occasions. But but look at this in the Gospel of chapter nine, and I want you to to envision yourself and as his disciples in this exchange in this scenario. And in, in Luke chapter nine, it says, "On their return, the apostles told Jesus all that they'd done." Jesus anointed them with, with the Spirit, and they were healing and driving out demons and proclaiming the kingdom. It was amazing. They came back and they said, Jesus, look, this is amazing. Look what we did. That's the context. He took them with him, and they withdrew privately to a city called Bethsa- Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured verse 12 The day was drawing to a close and the 12 came to him and said Send the crowds away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and to get provisions for we're here in a deserted place but he said to them You give them something to eat They said We have no more than 5 loaves and 2 fishes unless we are to go and buy food for all these people for these were, there were about 5000 men And he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so. And he made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he blessed and broke them. And he gave them to his disciples to set before the crowd. And all ate and were filled. And what was left over was gathered up. Twelve baskets of broken pieces. I, I love this story and I have to believe Luke as the master storyteller under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and a, with the precision of a doctor that as Jesus ascends and he blesses his witnesses he's just given them the message he's given them the word with new lenses he he's just filled them with courage and confidence that they're going to be his witnesses and messengers and here he's blessing them and and, and I believe that in the, the storyline of the gospel, that Jesus is, is doing something profound here. He's doing multiple things, but I want to zero in on one very specific thing. Look what it said in Luke 9. It's a deserted place. The hour is late. The needs around us are beyond our natural ability to meet or fulfill. And I want to say that this is the moment that we're in. There are so many needs, so many needs, so many in difficult situations right now, uh, facing unemployment, facing various health issues, facing anxiety or depression or worry because of quarantine. There's so many of us that feel like we're in that deserted place. We're in that place of isolation. We're in that place where the needs around us and our own lives, our own maybe families or Friendship circles, our own workplace, our own neighborhoods or relational networks. We're in a deserted place that, like, we need bread. And Jesus, you know, he brings us in to that storyline and he says, You give them something to eat. And the disciples are like, No, Jesus, send them away. Send them away. They don't need to go away. You have something that when you put it in my hands, I can do something that far exceeds your expectation, your natural ability, or even what you would consider within the realm of possibility. That when you give me your little, I can do the miraculous through your offering. They don't need to go away. We have nothing here, Jesus, but five loaves and two fishes. That is one of the most powerful three-letter words in the whole Bible, but five loaves and two fish. Friends, there's power in this tiny little word that changes the game in every way, and no matter the circumstance or situation, that whatever you have, whether it's a heart full of fear, a heart full of expectation, a, a life filled with hope, or You're scratching and crawling, trying to get yourself out of a pit of despair or discouragement. When you offer what you have to God with that little but, but here's what I have. The Lord can do exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. In the hands of Jesus, our little becomes more than enough. And look at the pattern again. Back to Luke 24. He takes the bread He blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it. In a very real way, I believe that when Jesus ascends, and again, we're looking at lenses, new lenses, to see how we're to be effective witnesses in light of resurrection, that that Jesus is blessing his disciples to become life-giving conduits to those who are in deserted, desolate, dry, and desperate places. Where else do we see Jesus blessing and then um, administering the kingdom of God? In Luke chapter 22, verse 17, He took a cup, and after giving thanks, He said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then He took a loaf of bread, and when He had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me and he did the same with the cup after supper saying this cup is poured out for you it's the new covenant in my blood and look at that again he takes he gives thanks he gives he gives thanks or blesses he breaks and then he gives remember he blessed his disciples he took bread he blessed, Look, and I love it. We already looked at this in Luke 24, right before our passage today. When he was at the table with them, he took bread. He blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us without being, with being a broken drum, look again, he took what they had, he blessed, he broke it, and he gave it. Do you think Luke, now on three meal occasions, is trying to get us to see something beyond just Jesus ascending and blessing his disciples after his resurrection? I think so. You see, central to us being witnesses is that we're embodied witnesses. That one of the primary ways Jesus extended and embodied and expressed his kingdom of healing grace and love and power to save and restore and to to forgive sinners was around tables and the breaking of bread. This is one of the primary ways we bear witness to his reign, to his rule, to his healing, saving, redeeming love, is around tables. When our neighbors and our friends and our colleagues and our families and our friends, when the guard gets let down so that the grace of God can get in through the cracks, can get in through the brokenness and the weariness of the everyday stuff of life, that it's at the breaking of bread and it's blessing when it's in the hands of the master to feed hungry humanity. Jesus is showing his witnesses one of the main ways he will transmit his message to the world through the bread that's been taken and given and blessed and broken from the hands of Jesus to a desperate and dying and hungry world. I believe, friends, that we need new lenses to live in light of this resurrection reality, that Jesus ascends, and I believe that he's blessing his body. The Bible calls us his body. Remember, his body's the bread. He's blessing his body. He's the head. He's ascended at the right hand of the Father. His body continues his his life and his ministry and his kingdom purposes that through our humble offerings, we're chosen, we're cherished, we're loved, we belong to him, and he breathes and he blesses us and he gives us his heart and through our witness and through our tables and through our sharing of our resources and hospitality that he extends the message of his kingdom through the breaking of bread. Oh my goodness, I get so I got so excited today studying this. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and the very first temptation after Jesus was famished and starving in the wilderness is that the devil said, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the the mouth of the Lord. I know what that passage means, but today I had the thought that because Jesus said no to that temptation, in, in essence, so we could say yes to the cross and pour out his life and then rise again and then give us the power of the Holy Spirit is that he would eventually turn his living stones into bread for the world. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, it says, you and I are the living stones of the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in a very real sense, I believe it may not be the, the only message from Luke 24, 50 through 53 or 52, but one of the things I want to draw out is as he's blessing as he's ascending, is as I have to, I have to envision Jesus, at least in part thinking, they're going to be my body. I'm going to bless them so that through their life, the world, the world, through their witness can eat and experience the bread of my kingdom. Jesus told the devil, no, I'm not going to turn the stones into bread, but here are these living stones that are, that are. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Pentecost. They're going to become his house, his temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's blessing them in these living stones through their life, through their witness, from their homes, from their hearts, surrendered and submitted to Jesus. We don't have much, but when it's offered to him, he blesses on it. He blesses it. And as we give it and put it in his hands, he feeds The hungry, the desperate, the broken, the starving, those in desolate, desperate places through our humble offerings and simple, childlike witness. Oh, I got so excited today and this week as I thought about this picture of the ascended Christ blessing his disciples. So let's tie this up. We see it over and over again, that pattern. Jesus takes the offering in his hands. He blesses it, breaks it, and gives it. He takes it, blesses it, breaks it, gives it. And friends, I want to propose to you today that one of the primary ways that we continue the ministry, the kingdom ministry of Jesus, we bear witness to his rule and his reign is through something as simple as sharing bread. You heard me right as simple as hospitality bread to those who feel isolated shut in in a deserted and desperate famished place that as the body of Christ look at the language paul where the body of christ lives in the blessing of the ascended christ we offer our whole life we're just five loaves and two fishes but because of resurrection through these new lenses our little offerings become bread in the hands of king jesus to nourish to nurture to heal to bless and to give life to those around us this is one of the primary ways friends we become those witnesses and those messengers is through something as simple as the breaking of bread around our tables Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that the message is tied and tethered to a table. And I pray right now that the confidence of God would well up within your heart. That as we, as we lean into and we pray for, for God to heal and to, to provide breakthrough in this coronavirus season, that as our homes can be opened again, and even now they can be open digitally. You can do, I hear, I hear it's a thing, dinner, digital dinner parties. Um, you, you can drop off groceries after you sanitize them to a, to a neighbor in need or a colleague or a, someone in your, your relational network or workplace. And, but that is something as simple as a witness and the sharing of bread that God's kingdom, God's healing and restoring grace can be given and administered to those around us. So, friends, let's become that bread. Jesus, again, he ascends and he blesses so that you and I could become that bread in his hands that he could extend to those around us in our humble, surrendered witness and eagerness to do the will of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you. That to you, our little offering of loaves and fishes, you can do more with our humble surrender than we could ever do in a lifetime trying to be effective apart from you. And I pray, Lord, right now for these new lenses that one of the primary ways we can be faithful witnesses is through a shared table and through the breaking of bread, the extension of hospitality. Lord, we thank you that... All throughout, especially the Gospel of Luke, we see you around dinner tables, lunch tables, breakfast, around campfires, sharing bread. And I just love that after your resurrection, that's when the disciples had eyes to see. It was really you in Luke 24, when you broke bread. Their hearts burned when you shared the message, but their eyes saw, come on, when they tasted the bread. And I pray that you would give us anointing, confidence, competency, and courage with the message and that that message would be materialized through a vision of hospitality, the sharing of our resources, the breaking of bread, that our our families, our friends, our relational networks, our neighborhoods, those in our workplace, and the everyday stranger would experience the hospitality and kindness of God. As we give you our lives as an offering for you to turn it into bread for a desperate, dying, hungry humanity around us. Lord, thank you that it's something this simple that gives us faith and it gives us hope to participate in your kingdom ministry in our day and especially in our time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Lord bless you and keep you today. I, I pray you just have so much courage and hope, and maybe just a couple things that maybe find somebody this week that you can text or call and drop a meal off to. Maybe someone you know who's shut in who hasn't gone out. Maybe this week throw a, an online Zoom dinner party with a neighbor, a colleague, a, someone in your relational network, and break bread together, pray and bless each other, and and then also. And I, I just pray and hope that, you know, you don't have to do this journey in this life alone. So I pray that you would be encouraged to reach out um, to me, reach out to us in our church office and email. And, and we want to come alongside you. And what a season to grow in confidence, competency and courage in the message, as messengers and witnesses. And as those who I cannot wait for the quarantine and shelter in place to be lifted when it's safe. Because I believe God is going to just release such grace over our hearts and our homes um, as we just say yes to sharing resource and sharing bread. And that through that exchange, eyes are going to be open. Hearts are going to burn. And many people are going to come into the kingdom of God in the days and weeks ahead. If you're with me, shout amen wherever you're watching. I love you guys. Bless you. Can't wait to see you.